In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Saint Luke, in his Gospel, talks a lot about the Lord Jesus going up to Jerusalem. In some ways, that's the narrative structure of the Gospel of Luke, the journey of you, Lord Jesus Christ, to Calvary and ultimately to the resurrection. It's about going up to the Holy City. That's why from time to time we find in the Gospel of Luke expressions like, he set his face for Jerusalem. We can contemplate in St. Luke's account your determination, Jesus, your determination for the cross and ultimately, of course, for the resurrection, for our salvation. Freely and firmly, Jesus goes towards the cross. And in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 14, we read, Great crowds were travelling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. Whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In fact, it's whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So here we can contemplate you, Lord, with our mind's eye, with the eyes of our soul. We see you on your way up towards Jerusalem and being followed by great crowds, by great crowds. So this is clearly a glorious moment. This is success. Lord, you're attracting great crowds. Um, it's a great moment. It looks like a breakthrough. All these people wanting to be your disciples, following you, following the rabbi, following Jesus. And in that moment of success or of glory, what do you say to us? He turned and answered them. So we're following behind you enthusiastically. And then you turn and you address us and you say, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Well, we could ask the Holy Spirit on this feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross to help us to understand these words of Jesus. We ask the Holy Spirit to give us true wisdom, the wisdom of the cross. What does it mean to have to carry our own cross in order to be a disciple of, of you, Lord Jesus? And this is the great paradox, the great mystery, the seeming contradiction, which is at the heart of our faith. In order to live, in a sense, we must die. In order to rise up, we must lower ourselves. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. It's the paradox of the grain of wheat. Unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains without fruit. But if it dies, it bears abundant fruit. The fruits of holiness and of joy. But first it must die. 
the grain of wheat must go into the ground and die. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Lord, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to me through these words? And I ask you to enlighten me by the grace of today's feast of the exaltation of the cross. Today is the day of the glorification, the raising up of the Holy Cross. Teach me, teach us, Lord, true wisdom, the wisdom of the cross. How can we learn true wisdom, the value of the cross? I mean, humanly speaking, when we come across difficulties, um, challenges, pain, our natural instinctual reaction is to get out of there, to avoid it at all costs. And yet the Lord is saying, no, carry your cross. So how can I learn really to cherish the cross, Lord? And it's not primarily an effort of my will or of my intellect even. It's a grace of the Holy Spirit. It's something, it's something we can ask the Holy Spirit for, for true wisdom, true wisdom, godly wisdom. Now, we can facilitate receiving that gift, above all, through prayer. And I suppose especially through contemplating the passion, contemplating Jesus on the cross. Spending time before the crucifix. I remember a person who was quite unwell a few years ago and they had no energy at all. And they just would spend time sitting before the crucifix. Looking at the Lord, letting the Lord look at them. Thankfully, they're, they're totally recovered now. But I'm sure that prayer was really powerful. We learn the wisdom of the cross from all the saints, of course. We think of Saint Josemaria and his tremendous love for the Holy Cross. Um, and, and that led him, of course, to, to spend time praying before the crucifix, contemplating Jesus, letting the Lord contemplate him. That letting the Lord contemplating him is important in the interior life of Saint Josemaria because he liked to contemplate Jesus on the cross, still alive, with his eyes open, full of compassion, full of love for us. And it was that also which prompted him to have that beautiful um, sculpture of Christ on the cross made. Well, there are two copies from the same mould. One is in the shrine of Our Lady of the Angels in Thora Ciudad. And, um, there's that crucifix with Christ with his eyes open and there's an exact copy of that in the Roman College of the Holy Cross in Rome. St. Josemaria is a good intercessor actually to, to come to love the cross and the institution he founded, the work, the full name is the Prelature of the Holy Cross and Opus Dei. So first comes Holy Cross. In Villa Tevere, in the central house of the work in Rome, downstairs as one approaches the um, prelatic church of Our Lady of Peace off to the side there is a gallery like a little courtyard um, and around the walls of that courtyard there are different relics and um, mementos of the history of, of the work and of the life of St. Josemaria and among them is a crucifix, a polychromed crucifix it's not life size uh, smaller than that but it's it's quite striking and apparently St. Josemaria, when he commissioned the artist to produce that cross, he told him, look, try and produce a crucifix such that when someone sees it, they immediately make an act of contrition. They spontaneously are moved, as it were, to make an act of contrition, 
make a crucifix like that. All of this, I think, shows us uh, something of St. Josemaria's devotion to Jesus on the cross and, and, and how he recommended people to have their own little crucifix, be it a pocket crucifix or a crucifix they might wear around their neck, to have that. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me. Well, this is interesting to meditate on, Lord, because it implies that you're the first one carrying the cross. And we, the disciples, we come after you with our own cross. But you're the first one carrying the cross. You don't ask us to do something that you yourself are not doing. You, Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. You're the one who carries the cross to open up, as it were, a furrow of life for us. You, Lord Jesus, you are the good Samaritan who pays for the cleansing and the healing of our wounds, not with money, not with denarii, but with your own blood. This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. The good Samaritan gives his very self for us, wounded humanity. You, Lord Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So you're the first one, Jesus, to carry the cross. And we're invited to take up our own cross, as you put it, and to come after you. And we know that this often takes courage because we're weak. We're weak. Uh, I have to say that to you, Lord, in all sincerity in my prayer. I, I feel my precariousness very keenly. I'm aware of my weakness. And it does take courage. It takes fortitude, you know. It takes the gift of the Holy Spirit to to, um, to really embrace the cross and to achieve the wisdom of the cross. On the 26th of September, 1928, um, Teresa of Calcutta, well, at that stage her name was Agnes, um, came to Ireland. She was 18 years of age and her mother's parting words to her as she left for Ireland uh, were place your hand in Jesus's hand and follow him. Do not look back because if you look back you will go back. Very wise motherly words, Christian words. Place your hand in Jesus's hand and follow him. Do not look back, because if you look back, you will go back. We know that uh, Teresa of Calcutta came to Ireland for a short period to Rathfarnham to learn English in, in preparation for her going off to India. Uh, and then later on, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years later, the Lord called her to, to a very particular mission, uh, which has been and is wonderfully fruitful in the life of the church. But it's also true that Teresa of Calcutta had a unique and personal experience of the cross in her own interior life, something that was unknown completely really to the world until after her death, when the postulator of her cause published um, her spiritual writings, her letters to and from her spiritual director and so on. And then we realised that she experienced in herself a great loneliness, a great emptiness. That was her subjective experience inside and all the while, with tremendous faith, with tremendous fortitude, she was building up the church according to the grace the Lord had asked her to to do. Um, 
no doubt she was carrying the cross and loving the cross, a, a very heavy cross actually. That's why she's such a great saint. Maybe that's also why her work is so immensely fruitful. Um, she herself saw that inner feeling of loneliness as a sharing in the plight of the poorest of the poor. And what she meant by that uh, was that the poorest of the poor are those who do not have God, who do not know Jesus. And that deep loneliness and emptiness, she shared in that for the love of the Lord. But in, in any event, perhaps for many of us, we won't have such an experience of the cross, although it's possible. Most of us, the cross will be in doing our work as well as we can, in uh, loving our family members, in caring for, you know, uh, the things around us, caring for the people around us, uh, forgiving people, understanding people. Maybe it'll be a health issue or a work issue or a relationship issue, whatever it might be. But we can learn from uh, Mother Teresa, you know, who took on board her, her own mother's advice. Put your hand in Jesus's hand and go after him. Don't look back. Don't look back. And that's, I suppose, ultimately how we come to know and embrace the true wisdom, the wisdom of the cross, where we realize that the exaltation of the cross, the glory of the cross is, is suffering in union with Christ, but which always gives rise to the resurrection and to great spiritual fruitfulness. Again, we can think of the saints, and I'm thinking particularly of St. Jose Maria, who had a great love of the cross, also because he had a great experience of the cross throughout his life. And at times it was very, as we know, very difficult. Um, for example, in 1932, when, I mean, Day was only four years old at the time, um, there were very few members of the work, and the founder was very much in need of any support he could get. And in 1932, two of his most sure supports his firmest, uh, you know, sources of, 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 of help were um, Luis Gordon, a layman, and uh, Father Jose Maria Samoano, a diocesan priest who had also joined the work. And they were really supporting him a lot, but they both died young in 1932. Luis Gordon died of an illness, and um, Father Jose Maria Samoano was poisoned. Um, he was a martyr for the faith because he was poisoned simply because he was a priest and he was known to be a very good priest. Um, and meditating on those uh, two deaths, those early deaths in the work of Father Samoano and Luis Gordon in 1932, when he had the greatest possible need of support, of manpower, uh, St. Josemaria wrote um, an obituary, you know, for the history of the work, for the sake of the history of the work. And this can be found in uh, the first volume of the biography by Vasquez de Prada. And he concludes the obituary notice uh, in 1932 for these two, these two men with the following words. Let us love the cross, the holy cross, which weighs down on the work of God. Our great King, Christ Jesus, has wanted to take to himself the two best prepared ones, so that we don't trust in anything earthly, not even in the personal virtues of anybody, but only and exclusively in his most loving providence.
that was the conclusion of St. Josemaria to his own meditation on, on, on losing these two firm supports. I, I don't know, I imagine he had to struggle to come to that conclusion, which is so supernatural, which is so wise. It is the wisdom of the cross that through this um, tragedy, through these tragedies, the Lord is teaching him and all of us in the work to rely not on any human resource, not even on the virtues of certain people, but rather on the loving providence of our Father God. And in that sense, everything in that case was also for the good. I imagine, I imagine that St. Josemaria had to struggle, like all of us would struggle in that kind of situation, to, to come to terms with, with such a loss, with such losses. And yet that was it. He, he learned to embrace the wisdom of the cross. We can ask his intercession, you know, and so many saints. We think also of Blessed Guadalupe Ortiz de Landathery, the first layperson of the work to be uh, beatified, and who had a lot of ill health throughout her life, a, a lack of energy, heart problems, and died relatively young. And at the same time, she had such an immensely fruitful life, spiritually, um, you know, hugely successful, you might say, in spiritual terms. Obviously, she's... She's a recognized saint of the church, a blessed, but also even if you look at the fruitfulness of her life, uh, of everything she did, and we're left, you know, meditating, well, to what extent is her greatness associated with her weakness? I mean, with her physical weakness, with her cross, with her ill health. So maybe it's good for us, especially on the feast of the exaltation of the Holy Cross, on the one hand, and above all, to ask for the wisdom of the cross. Lord, I ask you for this wisdom, because it, it doesn't come to us naturally. It's, it's quite hard at times. And at the same time, meditate. Each one of us can pray now in the intimacy of our own soul, in communion with Jesus, in conversation with you, Lord, about the meaning of my own crosses. You know, we probably all have some cross or other. It may not be very big, or indeed it may be big. Lord, help me to love that cross insofar as you are permitting it. Clearly, if we have challenges and difficulties, we do try and get rid of them. If we're sick, we try and be healed. If we have a pain, we take painkillers, etc. But in so far as you, Lord, ask me to be patient, to share in your passion, patience and passion is the same word. It's a suffering of love. In so far, Lord, as you ask me to do that, well, I want to do it. I want to embrace the cross. I want to exalt the cross in my life so that it would be fruitful for the salvation of souls. So what is the cross in your life? What, what, what little cross or big cross can we present to the Lord? Maybe it's a, a family difficulty or a family worry. Well, let's present that to the Lord. Let's carry that cross with, with joy, with confidence, offering it up and knowing that in God's good time, it'll bear fruit. Or maybe it's, I don't know, a difficulty in, in our work environment. Here we can think of Venerable Isidoro Rosano, who... Um, who had a very difficult work environment because of uh, personalities. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. And that can be a cross. It can be a really big cross, we know. And yet it's precious. It's precious. Or, I don't know, maybe it's a failure. You know, we've had a big failure. We feel we've let ourselves down or we failed in our work or we failed in some other aspect of our lives. Um, well, here we can think of that great saint, John Henry Newman, who, uh, who knew a lot about failure on a certain level. And his failure, of course, was uh, so fruitful for the life of the church 
and for his own life. In fact, he he wrote in a letter to a friend of his who was going through a very tough time. He wrote um, the words, Remember, it is God's way to triumph through failure. It is God's way to triumph through failure. That's the mystery, that's the paradox we're contemplating today. We're celebrating today on the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. How do I face challenges? How do I embrace the cross? Even from the human point of view, um, to welcome the cross can be very enriching, as we know, very, very enriching. In the way St. Maria writes, Grow stronger in the face of obstacles. God's grace will not fail you. Intermedium mansium per transibunt aquae. You shall pass through the mountains. So this idea of growing stronger in the face of obstacles. And even on the human psychological level, very often we know that avoiding challenges, I mean good challenges, is never a good idea really. That those challenges are opportunities to grow, they're very often opportunities to love, to give ourselves. Maybe we're being stretched in some way, in a healthy way. Well, let's let let's let ourselves be stretched. Let's try and grow through that situation. St. Francis de Sales had uh, a very strong experience of the cross in his life. He was the Bishop of um, Geneva in Switzerland. Um, and he was exiled. He was kicked out of his diocese uh, when it became a Calvinist city. And he died in uh, France. He's buried in Ancy. So he had a tough old time of it. At the same time, a wonderful person, very warm, a very good friend, great humanity. Um, and he has something to say about the cross that the Lord might give us. He says, The everlasting God has in his wisdom foreseen from all eternity the cross that he now presents to you as a gift from his inmost heart. The cross he now sends you he has considered with his all-knowing eyes, understood with his divine mind, tested with his wise justice, warmed with loving arms and weighed with his own hands to see that it be not one inch too large and not one ounce too heavy for you. He has blessed it with his holy name, anointed it with his grace, perfumed it with his consolation, taken one last glance at you and your courage and then sent it to you from heaven, a special greeting from God to you, an alms of the all-merciful love of God. That's the wisdom of the cross. Lord, help me to understand that whatever difficulties I have, habitually they're smaller things. We know a little nuisances, annoyances. Maybe it's financial difficulties. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, it could be anything really. Health, putting up with myself, my own inadequacies, my own personality, emotional difficulties. It could be it could be anything really. But do I see that cross as, as St. Francis de Sales says, a special greeting from God to you, an alms of the all-merciful love of God. We really do need to go to the, to the Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord and the giver of life, wisdom, wisdom personified. Uh, you know, when you read in the Book of Wisdom, we find, I suppose, a clue to why we find it so difficult to, to understand the cross. The Book of Wisdom, chapter 9, talking about our limitations, you might say, it says, who can know God's counsel or who can conceive what the Lord intends? For the deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure are our plans. 
For the corruptible body burdens the soul, and the earthen shelter weighs down the mind. That is many concerns. Scarce do we guess the things on earth, and what is within our grasp we find with difficulties. But when things are in heaven, who can search them out? So this is what the inspired writer says in the Book of Wisdom, like, just given our earthly existence, our limitations, the complications that arise from original sin, uh, all of that, we find it hard even to understand human things. Very often we're indecisive, we don't know what to do. But who, he says, can understand divine things? Who can search them out? Or, or who ever knew your counsel except you had given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high? And thus were the paths of those on earth made straight. So the Book of Wisdom mentions the Holy Spirit being sent from on high to make our earthly paths straight. And that's why we go we go to the Holy Spirit, we ask for we ask for wisdom so that we may find peace in the cross, so that we can understand really what's the meaning of the true meaning of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. What does that mean? What does it mean? It doesn't mean avoiding the cross, that's for sure. You know, sometimes our crosses, they come from, because we put our heart into someone or something and <laughs> it just hasn't worked out. Uh, we feel that we've been, maybe we've wasted our time or the person hasn't responded or that project we, we sacrificed so much for just didn't happen really. And that can be a cross. But uh, I suppose... What's valuable in God's eyes, the success of a particular venture or the love which we put into it? C.S. Lewis has some very kind of incisive words, challenging words in his book, The Four Loves. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to keep it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. Well, he's not holding back here, C.S. Lewis. But he is putting his finger on something that often our crosses come from our vulnerability. That we have tried to love, that we have tried to achieve something. And it just hasn't worked out and we feel we're a failure. We feel we've lost out. Whereas the wisdom of the cross is, well, no. You know, if you do what you can, if you try and love, that, that will always be fruitful. If the grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, of course it'll bear fruit. It'll bear great fruit. So today we, we pray above all to the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom. But also we pray to the saints because they're our models, our kind of proximate models in the wisdom of the cross. We could think, uh, for example, of uh, Edith Stein, Saint Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, one of the six patrons of Europe, um, who died in Auschwitz in 1942, um, and she has a she has a book actually written called "The Science of the Cross," the science of the cross, something that she lived in her own life in different ways, and also she lived it in her death. Or we think of Saint Teresa of Lisieux, who suffered a lot physically during her short life but also psychologically and spiritually because she was plagued with doubts of faith, as we know, for the latter part of her life. Really, really tough for a young woman who was, who was already very sick um, and how she used and harnessed that struggle, that cross, 
uh, for the salvation of the world. She's the patroness of of the missions, no less, you know, of the whole of the Catholic mission. The whole missionary endeavor is her, is under her patronage. That That's very significant. Um, the cross is always fruitful. The cross is always fruitful. Lord, please give us this, um, the consolation of this truth, you know, to, to know that, that the cross is, is indeed raised up and it always leads to the resurrection. So we can finish with a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for those things that I find hard. I ask you through the intercession of uh, Our Lady and of all the saints, in particular of St. Josemaria, but of all the saints, I ask you to help me to love the cross insofar as you ask me to carry it in my ordinary bits and pieces in my daily life. That spiritual writer, contemporary spiritual writer Jacques Philippe, he says, when our hearts remain constantly in the act of thanksgiving, evil has no more hold on them. For in a grateful heart, there is no longer any room for rancor, blame, unpleasantness, jealousy and all the rest. Our hearts remaining pure are able to perceive God's action. I, I guess the wisdom of the cross is to be able to thank the Lord from the bottom of our hearts for his holy cross. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.